They be like, slow up, homie. You talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Watson, Bradley Bax. This is going down. We call it the G Splash. Welcome to another super dope episode of the Dopest Podcast on OIF. This is the G Splash Podcast. You know how it is. Season 4, episode number 154. I'm your host, Bradley Back with my man, Chris Bucky Watts. Ooh, what's up, everybody? Thanks for being here. You know how it is. Today we're talking Christmas Chronicles 2. We got some uh, Nintendo stuff to talk about. Some cool stuff, some dope stuff, and bunch of stuff, you know what I mean? All those stuff. Lots of great stuff you're talking about. Did I already say we're talking Christmas Chronicles 2? I did say that, right? I don't know, but now you did. <laughs> I think I did. I said that from the jump. Hope everybody's from feeling real um, holly jolly. I almost said molly jolly. Not it's probably a better... Hope everybody's feeling mo- very uh, holly jolly. Molly jolly is probably a better feeling than holly jolly. Molly jolly. Right? Ooh, you're going to be thirsty the next day. <laughs> Drink your water. Drink your water, kids. You're going to have a bad headache. Uh, oh, uh, let's talk about some upcoming announcements or whatever real quick. Uh, yeah, give me the, give me the, deets, the juice, Brad. Hit the, me with them deets. The jelly in the dome? Those jabs, if you will. <laughs> you mean like that Mike Tyson fight or the Nate Robinson fight? <laughs> Just in general. <laughs> um, we talked over on the next episode. You know how we did. We talked, we talked that Mandalorian Chapter 13, The Jedi. <laughs> Fantastic. That's a great episode. I think we did some really good. I mean, we talk about a fantastic episode of the yep. show, but we really got into some good lore stuff about Star Wars. So if you're maybe a casual fan of or you're a big fan of Mandalorian, but you don't really know about it, the other properties, you got to go listen to that podcast because we'll give you backstory on who these characters are, why they're important, mm-hmm. what you should be excited about. Um, I would say it's a really one of our best the next episode episodes. Yes, definitely. I think not only was that one of the best the next episodes, but also the episode that was we were talking about the on itself. the next episode was also the best episode <laughs> of The Mandalorian. Absolutely. Try and figure that one out, Charlie Day. Duh. <laughs> I just thought I saw that pi- <laughs> picture of him again when he's like, Carol! Carol! The cigarette. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to figure out. He's like, not only do all of these people exist, they've been wondering where the hell the damn mail is. <laughs> Charlie, all these people are real. They all are wondering where the hell their mail is. <laughs> it's probably one of the best jokes in the whole hey, series. But speaking of always sunny, let's get into some news, baby. I will start this one off, Chris. Last week, we talked about this crazy monolith that just appeared in Utah. Well, we've got some updates. Monolith Mysteries. Okay. Play some creepy music Ooh. here. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. While the mysterious silver monolith was found in the desert uh, of southeastern Utah, this whole thing spurred like an alien theory and mostly attached to um, Odyssey, Space Odyssey 2001. Uh, It's 2001, a Space Odyssey. There you go. It's It's only one of the most famous films of all time. Yes. It's a. So, Stanley Kubrick. Swing and a miss for Brad. Count goes 0 and 1. (laughs) Counts 0 and (laughs) 1. 
Well, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> this guy named but there, Chris. There's this guy and his name's David Serber, and was yes. perhaps one of the one of the first to find it and touch it up close. The object's coordinates were making the rounds on Reddit, so Serber offered to find out. And in his findings, he recorded that the monolith was uh, wasn't metallic or solid, and that it sounded like quote a cardboard box when he tapped it. Yeah, it was definitely you know that video is of him kind of doing a scientific breakdown. He hiked to it, and he's you know knocking on. He brought some magnets that are weak, but it's not magnetic. And then you know he's tapping on it. And it's hollow inside. It's it's made out of aluminum. You can tell, yeah. and, uh, and you know, the, the edges rivets. don't come quite together. There's rivets. So get this though. Um, There's more to yeah. this that happened after this story that I sent you early this morning. Um, <laughs> it's been removed, for, like out of nowhere. It got removed. Apparently, some guys came. They filmed them removing it. Yeah, somebody who was there, these photographers who went to check it out at night, were taking these dope-like moon, with this moon lamp thing. They were taking some cool pictures, and these cats just showed up out of nowhere, and the dudes, like, hid and videotaped these four dudes, like, disassembling it and dragging it away in the middle of darkness. And nobody at the Bureau of Land Management or government-wise says it was them, somebody else, but um, who knows? But yeah, they came down super militant and broke it down and, like, disappeared, right? Something like that. It's, yeah, it's weird. But not only that. Only for it to reappear. In Romania. <laughs> in Romania. What? After being taken down, a new one in Romania shows up. What is going on? Are we? Is this like one of the like when we had the clown year and everyone saw these clowns come out of the woods? What if it's like? What if it's like an alien species? Like our our planet's been infested by body snatchers. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> And another alien race is trying to help us. They send this monolith that has, like, the secrets we need to beat these body snatchers. And that's why these these people who are body snatchers, they're showing up and taking down the monolith. Because they know that if normal people find it, it's going to kill all the body snatchers. Just a theory. But a pretty good one. I think science would back me up on that. You know what's funny, though? I'll say this. Is that we, our expectations of aliens are so incredibly high. It's because maybe of all the mm-hmm. films and the idea sure. of what it would take to get here from another galaxy. Um, but at the same time, like why can't an alien build something and use rivets? Like, why was it like, Oh, this can't be man-made. Look, there, I mean, this has to be man-made. Sure. There's rivets in it. So an alien can't put together this, the box thing and use the same tools. Like what if they have been here forever and that's all, all their only gateway to tools that they had or only tools that they were able to obtain are human tools, and they build this right. this thing. So I found that kind of funny after right. I thought about it, and I overthought about it, I guess. It's very, it, the whole thing is crazy. The whole thing's a toxic on the brains. <laughs> Brad, you said toxic, and boy, that, that piqued my interest. The reboot of the Toxic Avenger series has found its star in <laughs> Peter Dinklage. The upcoming movie will be directed by Macon Blair. Something like that. Could be Macon. Macon could be also somebody Blair. The plot is something like when a struggling everyman is pushed into a vat of toxic waste, he's transformed into a mutant freak who must go from shunned outcast to underdog hero as he races to save his son, his friends, and his community from the forces of corruption and greed. Wow, Brad. Toxic Avenger. Do you understand the where this is being rebooted from? Is that it's a, a comic book? Something you're familiar with? Yeah, so it was a comic book along like uh like in '84 or something. I was gonna, ask, I guess, yeah. 
I always knew about I it, think, but I never read I it. I think talks. I think there was a movie. There was a movie. I think they made. Maybe they made the movie. There might have been two in '84, and the comic may have come out. It's a oh, it's a black comedy splatter film. It's a low budget B movie, very campy uh, for using gruesome violence mm-hmm. and uses gruesome violence and campy concepts. Pretty much anything you can read on Wikipedia, which is where I am. But yeah, basically this little Dorcas Porcus named Melvin Ferd. This is the original I'm talking about now. He's like a little guy, he probably weighs a hundred pounds, soaking wet. He's a janitor, and he like witnesses something he's not supposed to, uh, and then he gets thrown into a uh, gets thrown into a vat of acid, and then. Uh, yeah, yeah, like Cigar Face is the bad guy. Anyways, gets thrown to a bad ass, and he comes back as this weird, mutated yeah. guy with a mop as a weapon, and he kills some people. It's just, it's very campy, very violent, but um, <clears throat> definitely a cult, I would say it has cult status. Yeah, I mean, they've been, and now they've been talking about, we're getting another yeah, one. They've been talking about the reboot for a minute. Um, also, um, who else is in it? Another big, I'm blanking on his name right now, Thanos. Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin, yeah, and the new one. He's gonna be in this reboot, yeah. The Toxic Robot. Oh, good reboot. for him! Robot. What a what a good thing for him, huh? Toxic Avenger. Yeah, I just remember seeing this comic book around when Toxic I was Robot. That's it. <laughs> That's what happens when you glance at the reboot. <laughs> you, you got it, Toxic Robot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've this is kind of back in like those cabbage, uh, not cabbage patch, but garbage pail kid type of gore, I guess, if you will. At least in the in the comics and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Hertz what? serves as a producer. Michael Hertz is going to produce the movie. He's actually the person that directed the original. So it's going to have some, it's going to, this is going to be a campy, fun little romp. Um, absolutely through an old thing. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to have a huge, like people are going to be like, I got to go see that or, or I got to download and watch that, but it'll be a fun little camper. I'm sure they're going to do some kind of like on the nose, Deadpool-esque humor. They're going to de- definitely have to like flip it up. Uh, yeah, you got to change it a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, it, it, it won't was, play the same. And and the other one I think had a lot of like stuff that they could you couldn't get away with today. So sure, nineteen eighty four was a different time, people. And if that's not the truth, then I'm a liar. <laughs> Brad, over to you. <laughs> Chris, well, if you're all gonna lie to us, then just lie to our faces. This next story is called uh, Liar Liar. Uh, this is a Got funny it. story, Chris, that I found, and I was like, yo, we, this is just funny. We'll, Chris will have a ball with this one. Uh, so there was a Facebook user. His name was Jin Woo, and he was able to purchase a cheap console, that of a PS5, off another user after the man's wife forced him to sell it. When Woo asked the man why he was selling such a popular item for less than retail or even resale... How this happened, I don't know. He revealed that his wife discovered that he had lied to her about the console's purpose. He apparently told or tried to convince her that it was an air purifier rather than a gaming device. But she managed to see through his lies pretty quickly and forced him to put it up for sale. <laughs> now, there's so many layers wow. to this that I find hilarious. One, wow. why did he have to sell it cheaper than what he paid for it? Yeah, he should have tried to get just at he least almost retail. He I mean, should have brand new. He should have got more than retail. People, this happens every time there's a new system that comes out. People pay like thousand dollars for resale because they can't get their hands on them. People, yeah, they're they're reselling like crazy. They just didn't produce enough, and COVID's not helping. And it's one of those items that just isn't enough. So he, I mean, even even open, you're right. He could have sold it open and played and put back jammed back in the box. He could have shit in the box and still sold it for seven hundred bucks. <laughs> Oh man, how, how how would you try and pass this off as 
an air purifier. That's uh, honestly, I'll tell you what. If you pick some, well, I was gonna say, you pick somebody off an island and you say, "Is this an air purifier?" They'd be like, "What language are you speaking?" So that whole thing falls apart. Um, but I, you could pass it off. Someone who's not tech savvy, a grandparent. There we go. You could go to your grandma and say, Grandma, look at my brand new air purifier. And she'd be like, oh, those are lovely, aren't they? It looks like an air purifier. It's white. It's clean. It looks like something Dyson would shit out. Like, it's... But yeah, but... I get it. But I get the, it. At the but same time... It, how, how do you think he was going to get away with that one forever? He just thought she was never going to... Well, who doesn't his, it, know... His wife would have to be Helen Keller not to know that it was a gaming device. Right. Well, not only that, but at the same time, like, it's one of the the more reoccurring news stories of the last few months. Oh. I mean, Oh, really? Maybe she can't, maybe she can't see color. No, I wouldn't do it. Maybe she, maybe she doesn't like, maybe she's afraid of news. So she doesn't, she doesn't do anything news. I mean, we got to get down to the chase. This real story. What a bitch. <laughs> the guy just wants to have a gaming system for himself and she makes him sell it. Get out uh, of town. No, but here's the, th- he lied about it. He felt, he well, lied he felt about he had it. to lie. So something else is going on in that relationship. We need to investigate. He thought he needed to lie with this outlandish tale that he wove. And and so, so what, what, what's really going on in this relationship? You know, what are these people really like behind closed doors? I think we should investigate. <laughs> Send Phil out to investigate or whoever's doing our sound. Why, did you do a sound? No, you said, you're like, oh, I thought like you said you referred to somebody that was doing this sound for us. Early, like, oh, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, good. I'm pretty sure you say Tommy or Phil. Probably could have been either. I think it was Tommy, but I like Phil better. Phil, you're the new sound guy. <laughs> Tommy, Speaking you're of fired. That, Phil, you're hired. Brad, I think it's a great time to talk about this. AutoZone. You know, you should go down to AutoZone. Remember to use promo code GSPLASH to get a 0% discount at AutoZone. Uh, now, done with sponsors, let's move on. Oh, right, it's mine. Speaking of PlayStation, Brad, <laughs> thanks for that sponsor break, by the way. Great work over there, Phil. Tommy, you're doing great too, kid. Uh, so speaking of PlayStation, PlayStation, speaking of PlayStation, Nintendo's PlayStation is here, folks. What do I mean? I mean, Super Nintendo World will open. Super Nintendo World, uh, you know, we'll get into it. Super Nintendo World will open on February 4th, 2021. At Universal Studios Japan, you heard that right. Yes. Super Nintendo World. This is a theme park that is complete Nintendo. You go to Universal Studios, you walk into Harry Potter World. Oh, it's Harry Potter. Oh, you walk into Super Mario World. You are in Mario World. If you have not seen these pictures, if you have not seen the videos and the renderings, uh, Google it right now because it is a treat what this place is going to look like. The full immersion Mario Land, whatever Mario Kart track that goes through Koopa's Castle and is titled. Koopa's Challenge. It's a roller coaster that's basically Mario Kart. I thought it was called Mario Kart. No, I think it's called Koopa's Challenge. Mario. There's going to be some great stuff here. Big tubes, big castles, big statues of Koopa. There's a track where you feel like you're, you know, this thing is like Koopa's Challenge or whatever. Yeah, you go through the castle. There's some Mario Kart stuff. There's a Zelda thing. Oh, it looks crazy. It looks just like you're in a Mario level. It's insane. But will anybody go? I mean... (laughs) This is something I know that there's property that's been designated in Florida for this, for Universal to build a Super Mario World there as well. That will be attached they, to the you know, the two other parks. Aren't they going to um, L.A. too? Hollywood? Very possible. I don't know. Hard to get land out there. 
Maybe, though. Worth a Google. That's definitely coming to Florida. Um, worth going to Japan, Brad? Would you go to Japan just to go to this theme park? Uh, there's a bunch of stuff in Japan I would go for, so that would definitely fill that Yeah, there. this is only going to... That's, like, one of the top on our list, and I think that our, our idea is, you know, we go there and do the culture and all those things, but also have an opportunity to go to Disney Tokyo, which is an amazing theme park. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now you have an opportunity to go to Universal Studios Japan and go and experience this. I mean, it just enriches that whole experience for someone who is a theme park junkie. Yeah. Um, too bad. Do you think the, that Mario Kart, like the real Mario Kart tour through Japan is still going to be, uh, or Tokyo is still open? Where you dress up Maybe. like characters? Yeah, you dress up and you drive through like you're having a great time. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, this is going to steal a lot of that Nintendo buzz. That, that You can tell they put a lot of work into it. They're putting a lot of work into it. Is this We've gonna... only seen the inside renderings of one of the rides. Like, True. It's going to be insane. Like, when they open this thing, get out of here. Um, my question, though, too, I, I have is, what are they doing with the Marvel stuff? Are they... They've got to be like, all right, we can't hold on to this much longer. Like, it's outdated. Yeah. Are they... Is it supposed to replace some of that, or... They're going to keep that as long as they can. It's kind, yes. They're kind of in a weird predicament, right? Like Weird place. You keep moving, You can keep moving forward. But it's, but it's like Marvel's is such a hot thing right now. And yeah. like the way they're dealing is if they got not really screwed, but it's just things moved on beyond them out of their control. And now they have this clause where it's like 3,000 miles west of the Mis- east of the Mississippi. You know. So yeah, uh, they're in a weird, you're right. They're in a weird place. So what are we doing? Are we keeping Marvel here? Or should we just like find something to just take it over and like close the chapter? I think, I think that I thought this, I used to think the same thing. I was like, man, this is crazy. Like they're building this land too late. They should have built it five years ago. So it could have launched when all the end game and stuff was like, you know what I mean? Like when, when okay. Endgame and Infinity War were coming up, it should have launched. That's when you're riding your wave. Now it's like with all this time, what are you going to do? But honestly, I think the properties are, are strong enough to, to last. I feel like I feel like the, the MCU stuff still drives traffic to Universal Studios. Right. For all us nerds. Well, Dorks. Chris, speaking of Marvel, we're talking about... Oh, yeah, we were talking about Marvel. This brand new Black Panther intro... Tribute to Chadwick Boseman dropped um, over the last week. We, I was curious why they didn't just wait until another movie, like they did Stan Lee. But no, I get it now. I mean, go back and do it because that's where everyone can see it. Is it across the map on that? Like, not just Disney Plus, but like everywhere? I'm thinking, I think it is, yeah. I mean, it's it's not forever though, right? Maybe it's just on Disney Plus though. I think, I think it might just be on Disney Plus. Yeah. But I think it's really cool. I'm sure it'll make another reappearance on Black Panther 2 instead of like the Marvel one. They'll do the Chadwick Boseman one. Yeah, I think it's a really I think it's a nice sentiment. Something that's I mean, really yes, cool. it, I'm really it, glad they're doing that. It, it, they did like the same thing with Stan Lee. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to I mean, that, that should be a running theme, right? Pay tribute to the people who did so much for you, especially when it comes to death. Yeah. Like That's a great way to do not just like an in loving memory in the end of the credits, like hit them. Hit them on all the properties. Like, hey, we put this new tag on everything because we dig that. Like, it's cool to show how much... how It shows they take a lot of pride in the people that are bringing these characters to life. It's not just like, fuck it, whoever's there will cast. You know what I mean? It was really cool. And I haven't really got around to watching Black Panther yet since... I do. I, I need to... I want to watch that as well. I haven't watched it since his passing, and I think it'll hit a little bit harder and in different ways. I now. thought... See, like, I thought I was going to... 
uh, I was like, oh, let me watch this. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just watch Black Panther. And I was like, nah, I can't do it yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> not ready for it. Well, Brad, speaking of not being ready, let's talk about something else that I thought of when you said Black Panther, <laughs> which is Black Hawk Down. Uh, not the hit film from probably 2005. Um, Black Widow star Florence Pugh uh, is reportedly set to reprise her role in Disney Plus's Hawkeye show, the one that'll be coming to Disney Plus soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's... I, how do I not know that she's like one of the biggest up-and-coming stars right now? I, we'll say po, Pug. No, I don't like that either. Stars as Yelena Belova. Is it what? Pway? Yeah. Pweg? Maybe. That sounds right. Florence Pweg. That's exactly what it is. Thank you so much. I think Tommy fed you that one. Uh, stars as Yolina Belova in Black Widow, a fellow assassin and longtime friend of Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff. If you've watched the Black Widow trailer, you know she is. she's the blonde, the blonde Black Widow. You know, she, they work like, together sisters, and she's like, right? good to have you home, sister. Yeah. But I think it's only sister in the sense of like they <laughs> were at the red training, room together. Yeah. yeah, good to have you, sister. She's also in the comics known as Black Widow as well. And she goes through a couple mm-hmm. things and I, it's interesting. Um, and then also to, to tack on to this one, uh, Haley Steinfeld. She's a real, she's a but also fantastic actress uh, and, and a, a great, great singer. singer. Hey, yeah, really great. She's, she's a triple threat. This one uh, posted a pop art featuring a lady who's sporting a 50s, 60s hairdo. While the image itself doesn't seem to pertain to anything MCU related in the caption that is drawing attention or it's the caption that's drawing attention. So anyways, in this, she wrote at the bottom, see you in 11 days with some stars around it. 24 arrow well like a bow and arrow emoji fans freaked out that this was a kate bishop tease well let's talk about these let's break these two down uh uh florence making her way into the hawkeye show yeah. that makes sense does it that makes sense in a uh, weird yeah, way i guess i mean she ends up being a shield team like leader on the, another team other than maria hill and yeah, they might guess, introduce that well i think the weird part is because we just haven't seen black widow yet so we don't know what happens in that whole i story. guess they could be passing on the torch i i i've had this theory where black widow that's been rumored is that black widow is going to be pulled in but honestly with everybody else leaving scarlett johansson may want to leave as well and the black widow is a lot like well it's a theory i guess that wouldn't be the same i was gonna say like james bond but um it, it's a lot like it's a moniker you get for being that kind of person like it's not like, like scott johansson is the black widow like black panther exactly great one whoever has the mantra is that so she could she is technically a black widow so she could take over that role in the mcu moving forward which would be not a bad job at all because number one like i already said her her stock is through the roof she's blowing up she's like nominated for oscars i think like she's she's up and coming hardcore yeah the other thing too that now that you've we've been talking about it just in this little five minutes or whatever um it seems like hawkeye is the the type of character who brings in the young kids and knows how to talk to them and hype them up so i could see kind of her coming into this show as like someone who he didn't know of but natasha was my sister da 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 Mm-hmm. He's like, well, oh well, you know, well we can put her out of the wing or whatever, kind of be like the young, start the young Avengers. Yes, yeah, interesting. The Haley Steinfeld one, like, I mean, it it doesn't play for me. It it, it doesn't uh, play for me either. But it, the doesn't play for me. When I saw this on Instagram, on all of her, like, oh, this is a, this is Hawkeye. Marvel's come out and said that they they would like her to play the role, 
I did read this article that was like she's like one of the only actresses that they've mentioned that got like a one hundred percent backing. And to be honest, like makes sense. Right. I mean, she's like the only upcoming star. I don't. I wouldn't even say she's upcoming. I mean, she's already a star. She's there. She there. Um, who isn't really in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet? I mean, she's been yeah, in Transformers. She was dope in that. I mean, the Arrow thing, I mean, that's the only thing it could be as far as character-wise. There's no other Arrow character. Right. This was, But it was, um, like, it was like a play on her Scorpio sign or whatever. So, I don't know. But people latched on to that. And, I mean, she didn't take it down either. Right. So, it, it, she's, like, she's like not... The 50s, 60s hairdo is also weird, though. I mean, cause, yeah, because it kind of looks like Kate Bishop. Yeah. In that old school... Kate Bishop play. I don't know. I wanted to play it. I hope she plays it, and I'm down for it. Um, or do you want to see I'm her play some, somebody else? No, I'm not down for. It. I, I'm fine with it. It just seems like a stretch to me. You don't think so? you... like she's, she's. I I think that they're gonna do a Kate Bishop. They should make it make her young. Like Haley Steinfeld would do better as like a Jessica Drake or whatever Spider Woman's name is. Is it Jessica Drake? It's Jessica something. Is that even true? Is that even true? I soon, as soon as I said it, I immediately thought, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said. Why, because that's a porn star? <laughs> no, is that? Yeah. Hot. Good for you. Jessica Drew. Jessica Drew, yeah. I knew it was Jessica. Nailed that one. And then uh, what's... Jessica Jones. Jessica Drew. Jessica Jones is the photographer of Netflix show, right? Yeah, yeah, well, she, yeah, she's whatever. Wonder Girl or whatever. Wonder Girl. What's She-Hulk's name? Jennifer. Jennifer. That's two Jessicas and a Jennifer. Wow. Great job, Stan. <laughs> Stuck him with the J's. Really creative. Oh, another female hero. Uh, how about we name her something with a J? <laughs> That's my Stan Lee. That's a young Stan Lee. Let's call this one Jessica. <laughs> I like Jessicas. And give her big boobs. <laughs> That's a really disparaging rendering of Stan Lee. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Speaking of rest in peace, Chris, let's talk about, let's end this news and get into this main topic. All right, today we're talking uh, Christmas Chronicles 2. This is a sequel starring uh, Kurt Russell and the lovely Goldie Hawn and the kid from Deadpool 2, who Chris sounds like uh, occasionally on the show. Oh my God, this kid. Um, This kid, oh, he's like... See you next fall. Santa, I want to be here. I'm a real boy or an elf or whatever. You big dummy. Ugh, I can't. Ugh. Anyways, uh, keep going. <laughs> the first one uh, I thought was good. It was very entertaining. I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, this second go, though, it was like a swing and a miss. We could talk at length about this movie. That is, yeah, we can. Um, this movie had this movie had more holes than a than a porn set. This thing had more holes <laughs> than a cheese strainer. This uh, is unbelievable. Sure. I mean, this movie was ironically full of plot holes. it just it it is it's full of them. Um, this is spoilers going forward. I will say this though: if you got kids at home, or you're with your nieces and nephews or whatever around the holiday times, this is a holiday Christmas movie. There are so many Christmas movies that are just terrible um absolutely so, it's sort of a brand for them that you can make bad ones and people enjoy watching bad ones oh I'm, in the hallmark movies people love 
Hallmark and Lifetime and all the like. Oh, those I little... love them. I wa- I watched the I watched a very country Christmas this weekend. I watched Christmas Catch. I watched uh, I watched an enormous amount of it. I love them. Me and Allie, we love them. We love them. It's a fun way to kill some time and laugh. <laughs> we very much we do a mystery science theater approach where the whole time we talk and really uh, and make fun of it, really shred it, if you will. <laughs> Why don't you guys record this and throw it on as a podcast? We should actually. We thought we should find a way to do a mystery science theater of these things. People are funnier than us, probably out there, but probably we have a good time. <laughs> well, Chris. Surprisingly enough, this has a 70% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, but only a 59 from fans or audience people. Um, teenager Kate Pierce is reunited with Santa Claus when a troublemaker threatens to cancel Christmas forever. One of the things about this movie that we all laughed at, and I watched this with my nieces and my sister and brother-in-law and, and his dad. And I was like, one time I was surprised to see Tyrese. And this is spoilers going forward. It's a Christmas movie. It'll be around forever. So whatever. Um, Sure. The first things that we find out about Tyrese's character is his name is Bob. Now, this threw me through uh, the weird. I was like, you have Tyrese, one of the most. Yeah, what are you doing there, Tyrese? Admirable. One, he's, I would say he's probably a B. I don't know if he's an A. A B what? List actor? Oh, he's a C-list actor You think he's sure. a C-list actor? C-list. Uh, he's never been in anything good that fast. he led. Baby Boy? Baby Boy. Get out of here. Have you ever seen that movie? No, but it sounds bad. No, it's a good movie. It was actually written for Tupac. Anyway, uh, Snoop Dogg's in it, too. Tyrese is a... he. I don't know. He, but still, he's a visually good person to look at. He, the girls like him. The ladies love him. Sure. Uh, sure. But you give him a character name and his name's Bob? Like, yeah, Bob. Wh- I thought this. Damn it. You you know this part. When they wrote, sat down and wrote, we can be honest here and have an open dialogue. You're going to say They didn't it, write that part. For, they didn't write that part for a black guy. No. They probably wrote it for They Sean did. They Austin. wrote that plan for some. Yes, for some. Exactly. <laughs> God, Brad. <laughs> nail on the head. Sean Austin is who they had. He backed out. Or they said. And I, and I fully, let me say this, I'm saying that in full recognition of the fact that we need to be more inclusive, all of us, but we also, in the film industry, they need to be more inclusive. But, like, this was a weird thing where I felt like they didn't try. Like, they wrote exactly. the script. They said, we're going to make Christmas Chronicle 2. How should we cast it? And they didn't even think to, like, any kind of representation in any way. It was just like, oh, we'll just keep the character's name Bob. We'll have him act like a middle-aged white guy. And it'll all be good. And his son will be just the same. Could have been any could have been any kid in the world. And I know there's something to be said about like, well, you don't need to write them as a black character, but you need to give your character depth. Fix- the fact that she's like that she's like twenty five years older than him, it looks like, and she's like, Oh, be nice to Bob. Here's the like, simple Even if simple his name's fix. Robert. Sim- no, not even Robert. Bobby. 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 Bobby's a great one. Bob? Bob sounds like an old a, white guy a in a Hawaiian. So many comments from black Bobs. I mean, come on. Uh, my name's Bob, and I'm a happy, no, proud no, black man. We're like, sorry about that. It just felt, Ty, it just okay. felt weird. Look, that, this is my point. My point is, isn't that black dudes can't be named Bob. My no, point, they can. My point isn't. That's not my point. My point is, guys that look like Tyrese are not named Bob. And if they are named Bob, they're not going by Bob. He's going by his middle name. He's going by an 
a nickname. Like, he's too cool. He oozes cool. And she's like, I'm an overworked nurse. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, nobody knows what I do or who I am or my backstory, but boy, am I going to sing doesn't the even shit out of a Christmas tree later. He no, no backstory. How did they meet? We don't know. They're just, we open the film on them on vacation. Well, see, the hey, it's me, Bob. We don't get along. And she's like, I don't like you. You're not my dad or whatever. But like the first one we had to do with like a video camera and like the whole fact that like her dad died and he loved Christmas and like she kept watching these old tapes. Like that was like a huge part of the whole thing. And now it's like we're on vacation. Like the whole thing was trying to save that tradition of Christmas mm -hmm. from the first one. This one sure. was like. Let's go on vacation and do stuff that I know my kids hate, but we'll hang out with Bob. Right. I don't know. That, yeah, that, that, that's that was one, a big, that's big factor. Thing. It was a big factor for huge, me. Huge. I mean, the, 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 there's a lot of plot holes. There's a lot of things. This is the strange thing for me with this film. There are these really bad cheesy moments or not uh, cheesy moments or cheesy like, yeah, I would say cheesy moments or like kind of wooden acting like the. The little girl, uh, the main character, she's pretty wooden. Um, but then you have it complimented, or and obviously the kid that plays Bell Schnickel, who I love making fun of, Santa, you didn't love me. Um, not great. But then on the opposite <laughs> of that, I think that Kurt Russell blows it out of the water. I love, and, and me and my wife were talking about this earlier, I love his style of Santa, like the way he looks, yes. his vibe. Dig him. Goldie Hawn comes in and crushes it as Miss Claus. Like, you have these two people who, as I'm watching them be Mr. and Mrs. Claus, I'm like, I believe it, I like it, it makes sense, and it's and it makes me feel happy, right? So it's this weird thing where the entire movie will have these moments where I'm like, that's kind of clever, and then it'll punch you right in the gut with somebody being like, oh, maybe these elves should have chainsaws, and it's like, where did we go? When did when did we make that turn? Well, not only that, but like the whole thing about how the he's the only elf that turned into a human. Yeah, no other, no, and and he already looked kind of human esque as an elf. Yeah, yeah as I'm... an elf, he looked like a human. No, he looks like none of the other elves. No, and then he breaks the seven covens in this movie. Basically, the whole movie is just for you out there. Kate, kitty, kitty cat, as as Santa calls her from the first film, goes on vacation, <laughs> tropical life for Christmas. She hates it. She wishes to be away. Bell Schnickel, who is a elf who's been cast out of the North Pole, needs to get back into the North Pole to destroy so, the North Pole. To destroy North Pole and just destroy Christmas and everything about Santa. So he takes him. He, he uh, here, here's the thing. Let me just let me just break this down more. So Bell Snickle knows that Kate's a true believer on a made up imaginary thing. Anyways, so he harnesses her power to help open a wormhole to get him into the North Pole mm -hmm. or to use her as bait so he can get into the North Pole. And then he steals the Star of Christmas, which protects the North Pole and Christmas spirit or something, and then tries to get away with it. And Santa has to try and stop him. He's an exiled elf, so of course they're trying to bring him in because they love him. All this yada, yada, yada. Long story short, they save Christmas. There's the movie. But there are these moments in it, like I keep talking about. These moments where I was like, that's an interesting concept. And then it'll throw something at you, and you're like, that's really ridiculous. Like, that's hard for me to get behind. It's like they threw a good idea on the wall, and it stuck, and then they just let it slowly fall to, like, a pickle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just too long, too. I think, uh, you know, you mentioned Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn as a couple. Like, you know, we kind of got that at the end of the first one. And we're like, oh, Goldie Hawn, Mrs. Claus, oh, yay. And then we get it in this one. Yeah. And it was like... They were great, but they still had their own. It was just like, okay, okay, guys, let's like move this along. We, we if they would have just like cut more, and even some of their part scenes were just like a little 
too ongoing and they I don't know. The whole movie was just too long. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, it was too long. Um and one thing I will say to give it credit where it's due, we're talking about, you know, I've been trying to get some good things in. You know, the first movie had a pretty centralized plot about Santa being in uh in Kitty Cat. I call her Kitty Cat, because that's what Santa calls her. <laughs> being in her world you know he's in the city and the police station and and it's all about that right and they said okay that's kind of cool like christmas chronicles one is her trying to her and her brother trying trying to to find the christmas spirit and santa's there and helping him but him helping them whatever and then i feel like they sat down to write this one and they said you know what fuck that shit let's just go all in like it feels more like a movie that would be in line with like the Santa Claus or something, right? Where oh, all of a sudden it's all about North Pole, CG, a pop bar, all about the North Pole. And there's like, it carried the Yule cats introduced. Not sure that's even a thing in folklore. Um, elves and the Star of Bethlehem and Santa's backstory. I mean, it goes full in on the Christmas vibe. And I didn't hate that. I think that they said, hey, we did really well with that first one. Let's just take it up, make it way more what people are used to with a, maybe a, a bigger, they want to make it look like a big budget movie, a big budget Christmas movie, but it just feels, it feels very flat because of the acting because, and let's Brad, let's just, we could talk about plot holes all night, but can we just talk about the ending, the last scene? Go for it. We talk about when they all hold hands yeah, and sing, Oh Christmas tree at the moon. <laughs> they, she says, maybe tonight we could have a, a, a caroling party. Oh, you love those. Not a thing. A caroling party? And it's only five of them. And they go out on the beach. Not a party for caroling. You can go caroling. Have you ever been invited to a party and say, hey, show up at 7. We're going to have drinks and apps taken care of. All we're going to ask you to do while you're there, you're going to sing the whole time. Yeah, it's Just called COVID 2020. You don't think there's going to be it's, a caroling party? That sounds odd. But then they go and they, they hold hands on the beach and they stare at the moon and just sing like a bunch of cult members. It's so <laughs> cheesy and bad. <laughs> Sing like a bunch of cult members. Like, what is this, yeah. Helter Skelter? <laughs> they're just freaking staring at They're not looking at each other. They're just all wide-eyed at the moon going, Oh, crit her dead dad. It's like they're trying to summon her father's ghost. <laughs> oh, Christmas tree. Oh, and it's and it's like, and then Santa sends the Northern Lights to write, you know, happy holidays. And, and, and the parents take it in stride. The kids are like, well, we know about Santa. Tyrese and the mom would have been like, Holy fuck! It says happy holidays in the sky. <laughs> Ridiculous. And they're just like, ha, 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 another another Aurora Borealis in the Yucatan <laughs> Peninsula. <laughs> of course. I will say this, though. Um, this movie could have been better had they even made it more Hallmark Lifetime-ish. Sure. They could have pulled that cheesiness, all that cheesiness off. It made it totally. good. Well, better than this. Yeah. In that, if they would have stuck to like the more of a romantic, like if it, if she just even met Bob on vacation, that probably would have been a better story. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> um. But if you got yeah, kids, it, it had like I said, a lot, lot of plot holes. Yeah, I love that, Brad. That's a great point. If you have kids, kids, kids will probably love job. it. It's, it's a new Christmas movie to watch. Um, I would prefer to watch Die Hard. Uh, I will say this though, I don't, Chris. I don't know if you saw this movie. Come on, Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle. Did you watch Jingle Jangle? I did watch Jingle Jangle. Any good? It was, it was pretty. It was, it, was, uh, it was out there. It was pretty good. I heard it, was, it sucks. It's okay. It's. I mean, it's better than this one. Really? Yeah, it's just because it's I heard, got... It's, see, that's funny. I heard Jingle Jangle was also too long, is what I heard from a very yeah. reliable source, David St. John. He said it had some creative things, but creative it things. just goes on and on. Uh, but the cast is really good. Chris, you know me. I don't like musicals. Yeah, you got a Forrest Whitaker's in there. This uh, is King definitely a musical. Key. 
Yeah, you hate musicals and too, I hate which musicals. is just odd. Uh, but I there I didn't mind this. Again, it's too long, probably too many songs, and the songs are a little too long. Most most of my everyday musical comp, uh, complaints, but I didn't mind. I didn't mind Jingle Jangle. It's an interesting you know, story. You there, there's going to be a slew of these. They're going to keep releasing some stuff, um, but they're going to keep releasing these Christmas movies because people like watching them. They like the the badness of it, and I don't think Christmas Chronicles the worst you can do. You know, I mean, you could watch. Um, you could watch Doctor for Christmas or Santa Baby or something. I think that. Um, I mean, I think what's really cool is that is that there are these movies and that you can pick and choose. And this one seems. I mean, this one seems better than a lot of the other options. Watch one, watch two, eat up five or four hours. Look, I'm. Gonna, I guess three hours. I'm, I'm gonna say this. Look, Jingle Jangle got a 92 certified fresh and a 78. Wow, audience that's impressive. Score. So yeah, that seems about right. It's a better and it's on the same Netflix. I think that's probably a better one to, if you were to check out of the two. If you were like, should we watch Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, or Christmas Chronicles 2? I would say Jingle Jangle. Okay, there you go. And then watch Christmas Chronicles 2 after that, because you ain't doing nothing this December, anybody. Y'all stuck inside. Stuck. Chris, splash trash your math for a Christmas Chronicle or for Christmas Chronicles number two. Oh, shit. It got a 70 from Rotten Tomatoes? Uh... From the critics. Critics gave it a 70. People gave it a 50. 59. It's a man. It is. I'm not going to give it a trash. I'm going to give it that only because I think that, um, I think Goldie Hawn and Kirk Douglas bring a lot to this movie, especially it's not Kirk. Kirk. Did I say Kirk Douglas? Gross. What the hell have I been watching? Greed. Um, yeah. Kurt Russell. I'm a big fan. Uh, now I look like an idiot because I forgot his name. Um, I think they're worth it alone. And, you know, it's as far as the Christmas stuff you can watch, I think it's got some some merit to it. So I'm going to give it a meh. If it was trash, it'd be like, if I said trash, it'd be ones I'd be like, watch it so you can make fun of it. But mm. you'll only make fun of about 40% of the movie, so I'm going to give it a meh. That's a very interesting score, uh, especially after the way you just described the entire, after this whole conversation. This is definitely a, this is a trash. Trash Trash for me. I mean, the first one was good. This one sucks. This one's, uh, yeah, no. Uh, The elves bother me. They're weird, but I get that they tried to make them cuddly, but then they made them into a human, and that just made it weirder. Uh, I love Kurt Russell. Not Kirk Rus- Douglas, uh, but Kurt Russell and and I love Goldie Hawn. They make great movies yeah. together. Uh, they were good in it, but this movie was too long, and Tyrese's character just was upsetting to me. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is a trash. Shit is straight. Okay, you know I'll take that. I'll take a trash. People are gonna watch it no matter what. I'll, I'm I'm okay with that. But if you've seen it, let us know. And if you've seen Jingle Jangle. Let me know if that if you think that's better. You can hit us up on the Instagram tip at G-Splash Podcast or even in the email at G-Splash Podcast BC at gmail.com. Uh, we got a dope episode following this one called The Next Episode, which we're talking about the Jedi Mandalorian. You know how we do. Next week, we will be talking the worst classic Christmas movie. Uh, this is going to be Chris and I. We're going to select two movies, one each. And we're going to break down why we think this is the worst movie. But every year, people love it. And it comes on, and someone's always watching. And you're like, oh, fuck, I got to watch this movie. 
Yeah. While you're hanging out a with the Christmas fam. Christmas classic that we just don't like. Because everybody has that. You, yeah, Brad, you're nailing it. That's exactly what it's about. People freaking, you you go to a house for a Christmas party and someone says, yeah, we just threw on blank. And everyone's like, oh, ha, Merry Christmas. And you're just like, ugh. With, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> with that being said as well, if you have a movie that's classic, considered classic Christmas movie, and you hate it, hit us up and let us know. Maybe we'll talk about it. Let us know why you hate it. Maybe we'll bring one of those on the show as well as a bonus feature. But that's going to do it for this episode, uh, number 154. I'm your host, Bradley Baxter. As always, my man, Chris Bucky Watts. We out here, baby. Peace.